Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I made an executive decision. You were taking yeah, you too long, and you know, yeah. and you can't see this. You can't get back there. Well, you know what, kid? We made executive decisions here without you. We decided to put our wrestling podcast on all platforms: SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. We don't need your stinking network. Yeah, Air right. podcast. Kid. Me too, we don't Twitch, want bitch. the constraints. Are you watching? You're the boss, right. And we I'm don't want you to do corporate. You know. Eh, you know eh, you know what? We actually, quite frankly, we don't need you here anymore. We don't need you on this show, kid. You're just dragging us down. We don't need you. Yeah, that's because we don't need you. We don't need you. What? We don't need you. What? We don't need you. What? We don't want you anymore. In fact, we have a third man on this podcast. We have a third man. Yeah, that's right. A third man is going to be joining us on this podcast now. Every week we have a third man. And our third man, he's on the wrestling podcast world. Yeah, you want to know who he is? Yeah, I'm going to introduce you to right now. Allow me to introduce our third partner, the Shockmaster. Oh, oh, God. Who is this motherfucker? Who is this? Oh, no. Oh god, oh my god, so it is. So Vince, you want to rule the wrestling podcast world? But I am the Shockmaster, and I came to join Stone Cold and RVD to promote our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall, and today's topic... Did it hold up? Vader versus Rip Blair. <laughs> come on, you want a piece of me? Come on, you want a piece? Come on, come get me. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hello. No, because this week bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today. Does it hold up? Special edition with Flair versus. Who is it, Jess? Uh, Vader. Vader 93 career versus title. As always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP 2019 SoundCloud at our wrestling podcast, YouTube at our wrestling channel, or just do the easy thing. Download WrestlePost. It's an app at no charge to you and join us along with other great podcasts of the day. Jess, why are we talking about Flair versus Vader? By the way, very good match. And we're going to talk about why it holds up. But why are we talking about it now? Well, I don't know, Dave. We're going to ask ourselves, does it hold up? 
at the end of it, and we'll answer yes or no. But I am under the weather uh, today. But my commitment to the audience is so strong that I am I am pushing on. I've been under the weather for the last couple days. However, um, I felt that we should still do this episode. And yes, like Dave said, it's going to be does it hold up? Ric Flair versus Big Van Vader for the WCW Heavyweight Championship from Starcade 1993 career versus title. Everybody knows that Flair's career was on the line. He vowed if he could not defeat Big Van Vader for the WCW Heavyweight Championship, he might as well retire because, damn it, I wrestled to be at the top. I don't wrestle to be anywhere else. And uh, so that's the setup coming into this. So uh, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to change it. We did the Hulk versus the Warrior. Does it hold up last time? But we made it part watch long. We are not doing that this time, um, mainly because what we realized is as we start watching these famous matches, um, some of these matches, this one in particular, um, are very, very long. Um, this particular match is 21 minutes and 18 seconds. So if we watch this match and gave our comments, it would be like a 45 minute to an hour episode. We're not looking to do that. So we're not going to do a watch along. We're going to talk about the climate of wrestling leading up to it. We're going to talk about the match. I'm going to throw in some sound clips, but we're going to spare you the watch along. I like it. I like it. So just what made, you know, Vader V Flair before the, even the storyline even starts before the match, which, you know, we, we all agree is a good match, probably a great match, but what, what made, Vader, you know, Vader's situation is so different, so dynamic. We've talked about it before on previous podcasts. This Vader, is different. Yeah, Vader was, re- he was like real looking. Not only was he a massive monster and he wore this intimidating helmet and then this intimidating mask, and then later he got Harley Race as his manager, which made it even better. Um, Vader really clubbed people over the head. Like, you know, yes, we know wrestling is fake and predetermined and, and you know, but Vader would get in there and he was very stiff with people a lot. And uh, he was, you know, some opponents welcomed it, like Mick Foley and Sting. They were like, come on, bring it on, man. Really hit me. You know, everybody knows it's predetermined. Some working styles are stiff. Like, listen, I want you to really hit me in the face. I'm going to know you're going to throw your punches. So I'm going to roll with your punches, but you're probably going to connect. You're going to you're going to puff up my eye. You're going to probably bloody my lip and all that. But like they understood that from Vader. That's what Vader. that was always welcome from a lot of people. Unfortunately, later when he would get in WWF, of course, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels and people like that would go whine to Vince when Vader would be stiff. And unfortunately, that's part of the reason why Vader's WWF run was so flat is because he gets in this land of the cream puffs out there and um, they're just like, oh, he's hitting me hard. And so that's unfortunately shit on Vader's WWF run. But back here in WCW, they understood who he was. And for like a year and a half, he dominated the WWF heavyweight championship pitcher and he was a heel and beating people clean and mauling them while he was doing it. He was like a big ass bear. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the thing about Vader, too, that I I think people didn't understand at this point, and we've talked about it before, too, Jess, is that this is the this is the guy that decides. um, Well, he doesn't decide, but WCW decides that he's going to be a heel, that he's going to paint clean. Flair was a heel years, but Flair, when he was a heel, he never took anything done clean. It, It wasn't the way. Flair was one of the, I'm sorry, Vader was one of the first guys to ever pin anybody and say, I'm going to do it clean. This was that kind of potential that Vader had because Vader was, in a lot of people's minds, a legitimate tough guy. I'm sure he was a teddy bear in real life. A lot of people talk about that later. A true nice guy. You know, Leon was a nice guy. But Vader could just wreck you with one ham hock punch. And this is the first guy to go heel victory with just clean pinfalls that I ever heard of in WCW. It never happened. 
right? Yeah, and and leading up to this match, you know, this was not the original plans. You know, 93 was a flux like year for both promotions, both the American, the big American promotions, WWF and WCW. You know, Hulk was gone. His comeback in 93 kind of flopped. It didn't do the business they wanted on that side. So they're trying it out with Brett. Then they tried the Lex Express thing. They're putting it on a heel champion, Yokozuna, which they totally copied WCW Invader. They totally copied that run. And I'm I'm not saying Yoko didn't deserve it because we've talked about Yoko in the past and he's fabulous and talented. But like Vader's heel persona going over clean prompted the WWE or WWF, I should say, at this time to bring in Yoko and start having Yoko win the championship and Yoko dominate the scene for a while. 93 was widely known as the heel year for both promotions because Yokozuna was WWF champion more often than not in 93 and Vader was WCW champion more often than not in 93. But well, WCW, want- start, WCW started doing that in the summer of 92 with Vader. So they well, just do you, do you know why, though? What do you mean? Do you know? Do you know why that? Do you know why that was the way it was? No. Oh my God! He set me out on that one. Yeah, that's why. You tell him under the weather because usually I set him up for stuff like that, and he suckered me right in. I was like, "No, why? What's Dave gonna say?" And then. Because oh, it's Vader time. So God yeah, so I mean that. So what happened it. was, is ninety three was a year of flux. You know, WWF was trying to go towards the Lex Express and Bret Hart, and you know they were trying all kinds of things that were kind of anti Hulk. And even though they wanted Luger desperately to be their next Hulk Hogan, it just didn't pan out that way. And WCW, they were going all hands on deck for the heel champion and they hadn't really come up with a face yet that was going to dethrone that champion but so they just let vader kind of run rough shot for the end of 92 and then all of 93 what happened was sid vicious left the wwf and came back to wcw in may i want to say at slamboree of 93 and so sid was the heel and he teamed with vader a lot in the summer it was like vader and sid versus davy boy and sting so they had davy boy over there they had sting vader was defending the title all year in 93 against sting and davy boy and great hard-hitting matches sid vicious kind of floated in there as well and so they were going to turn sid face at the end of 93 and and because him and vader had been tag partners Sid was going to turn face and turn on Vader. And then it, he was slated to challenge Vader at Starcade 93 for the WCW Heavyweight Championship and book to win. Um, I don't think they advertised it yet, but that was the whole thing was it was a, it's a known fact that Sid Vicious was supposed to beat Vader uh, for the WCW Championship at Starcade 93 and then just kind of go from there. And they were going to put the rocket on Sid as like this face, this big monster face. Um, what ended up happening was a lot of scissor play. Uh, in England <laughs> against Arn Anderson. Oh, Everybody no. knows the famous scissor story. So oh, Sid gets no. fired. Anderson gets suspended indefinitely. And now there's no opponent for Vader at, at Starcade. But they had enough time before Starcade to kind of get find another opponent really quick and and go forward. And they chose Flair because he was really the only big name um there that could, you know, he hasn't faced Vader really yet. Um every now and then in tag matches, and I want to say they had a Clash of the Champions match, Vader and Flair. But it wasn't hyped, you know. This was like, okay, we're going to bring Flair, dust him off, and make him, you know, go after Vader for the championship. So they throw Flair in there last minute in, like, late November, early December. And uh, they start really doing all these cool vignettes of Flair's career. And then Flair came forward and said, look, I'll put my career on the line. If I can't beat this guy, he's a monster. He's probably going to kill me. 
But if I can't be number one, I don't want to be in the sport anymore. That's my whole thing is to be the best in style and profile and all this. So that was a whole thing is like he put his career on the line. So they really did a great job. WCW, what what is the saying? A wrong clock is always right twice a day or something like that. Um, WCW is always right every now and then. And they just it's a last minute replacement. And they panicked like three weeks before the pay-per-view. But they ended up doing this cool stuff where when you ordered the pay-per-view, they would every, every match, they would have Flair coming to the arena in a limo with Gene Okerlund. But Flair wasn't the flamboyant Flair. He was like his volume was down. He was talking about how concerned he was and this and that. And uh, they did such a really, really good job of it. Really, really awesome stuff. I mean, it was seemed to me like there was so much emotion. Oh, they're worried, Gene. Of course they are. Whose family wouldn't be? You're worried. Yeah, I am worried, but I'm worried for different reasons, I think. I knew what I was doing when I signed the contract, Gene. I gotta prove this to no one else but myself tonight. I've got a feeling this could be a rather long ride. They did, and then all throughout the night, after every match on the actual pay-per-view, they kept cutting to Gene and Flair in the limo, riding to the event. So you got this really real feel that this is real, and Flair might be saying goodbye, and it was so nicely done. It was excellently done. I really, really enjoyed it. One of the few things WCW did right, man. Like, they just nailed this one, and it was all a replacement. It was all a scramble. You know what I mean? Are you still alive, Dave? On there, no, I right. just didn't want to interrupt. I mean, those are the kind of things that people <clears throat> I, I don't want to say they tend to forget about it, but that whole lead up that to that night, but there was even lead up to the match weeks before. You know, there's there's so much t- it, it, it's interesting how, like, to your to your point, you say this was kind of a last minute replacement, even though they had weeks to replace it, they never had any intention to put Flair up against Vader. And the vignettes that they put up against it, the interviews they put up against each other, the lead up on the night of the pay-per-view where Flair's leaving his family and hugging them and going in the limo and they're talking in the limo and Gene's with them every step of the way, kind of commentating the environment of reality TV, even though it's not reality because we know it's a story. It's <laughs> you can't I don't, even, I don't know how to explain it like. I don't think that there's anybody in the WWE now. I don't think there's anybody in the WWF then, you know, even when you're talking about the great stories of Macho versus Hulk Hogan, which was a year worth of storyline that could have written this, not only in the short span of time, but to write it so well and elegant that you're like, wow, this is, this feels about as real as wrestling can possibly get. Well, and then on the other side of the coin, they get Vader in it on the same pay-per-view. They're like, you know, Vader's here too. And Vader arrived at the arena as well. And they did a really cool, frightening Vader video. Well, a very competent Vader. And then once he got in the ring, it was all business, Jesse. This man is prepared for this big match. We talk about big matches, probably the biggest match of his career as well. Well, the key is too, you can't overtrain before a match either, Tony. You gotta do what's necessary to get loose, get ready. You can see Vader doing a little shadow boxing right there. And he hopes to put one of them big paws on the nature boy. And it was just really cool. It was just so, this real feeling that I think Vince was afraid to do. He's always been kind of afraid to do that. But WCW has always kind of been a little bit more, even they were trying to copy and make the monies. They were all just, they were still, there was that physical side of WCW slash NWA that they wanted to be the more physical brand and all the more reason to be the alternative. But anyway, I digress. We talked about this in the ECW episode about how Paul Heyman got it right. And 
But that was so awesome about this because you it was like a sporting event. It was like a champion from yesterday that had to go beat this monster. And if he can't, I mean, he shouldn't be around. Why? You know, like it, it was it was really awesome and kind of emotional, to be honest. Yeah. And even then, like to your point, the stuff that Vince doesn't touch, they actually and I know Vince does his signing contracts in the middle of the ring and shit like that. I mean, here they, they took it to a whole nother level, even before, you know, you're talking about the day of. I mean, Vader's in a three-piece suit. So is Gene. Obviously, so is Rick, because Rick kind of did that on the regular. But they talk about, like, the, the you know, the the events leading up to Starcade and, you know, how they're working it out. And you can see Vader's trying to be very professional, and he's all he's dressed to the nines. And that kind of stuff just didn't happen. I, I'm sure they brought it to a whole other elevated response. It's like Vader to- was still in character, but... They made him this type type of character that could exist in real life, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like, it wasn't yeah. like this ridiculous, like, yeah, he was in suit and tie, and he was at press conferences, Vader was. And so he was just like, but he was a champion. He was a monster, and he knew it. So he was, it, it appeals more, I think, to the general audience, like the mainstream media, because they want to be taken on this real ride. If it's too cartoony, that, they, God, they pass it off it, as though. that. They pass it off as that, you know. And they I don't, think that's fantastic what you described. They want to be taken on this ride. And the more real it is, you know, the less over the top, the more it makes sense. And it's just like, hey. These people, and sometimes when that, that I think, I think you touched on something so big, Jess, when it's not scripted, that's how it gets to be more real as possible. And and they, it definitely they had a plan, but it's not scripted. The things they're going to say to each other, the things they're going to do, hey, you're going to get in your suits and you're going to, you're going to meet up. Here's the contract. But you guys figure out what you want to say. And that's, I hate to be that guy, but that's what wrestling is missing right now. Um, and that's why people were like, I want to be taken on this ride. Wow, WCW's got something going on here. What is this? What is it all about? So I know that a lot of people him. say on paper, you know, that when you read matches on paper from 1993, you're like, God, WCW had Flair, Vader, Rude, Sting, Davey Boy. Talent, oh, my bro. God. Rick Steamboat, Regal. But you have to figure like some some of these names were just kind of entering in the American picture here. And also, like, there was a lot of bullshit here. 93 was such a flex year, like I said earlier in the episode. But with WWF and WCW, they were just trying to find their footing. The wrestling audience was down and they were starting to change. And we know what direction they would change in eventually. But both companies were struggling here because business was down from 92, from 91. I mean, WCW was in the shithole for a while. But I mean, WWF was the fucking flag bearer of what was popular in the late 80s, early 90s. And they were national. They were uh, in every household. They were fabric of Americana. And they were struggling here at this point. Let's go over the card of Starcade 1993 really fast. Um, Hit it, bro. Pretty wonderful. Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma defeated Two Court Scorpio and Marcus the Alexander Backwell in the opening tag team match. Uh, the Shockmaster defeated King Kong. I'm not even going to get into it. Um, in the second match, that was a minute and 34 seconds. Lord Steven Regal defended the WCW Television Championship against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a 15-minute time limit draw. Cactus Jack and Max Payne defeated Tex Schlesinger and Shanghai Pierce in a tag team match. Steve Austin, stunning Steve Austin, defeated Dustin Rhodes for the WCW oh for the WCW US Heavyweight Championship <clears throat> in a two out of three fall match, and he won it two falls to nothing, which is something you rarely see. Uh, then we had Ravishing Rick Rude defend the WCW International Championship against the Boss, who everybody knows is the Big Boss Man. Um, Sting and Road Warrior Hawk defeated the Nasty Boys, who were the WCW Tag Team Champions by disqualification in a 
boring 29 minute match. Do not go out of your way to watch that one. And then we're getting to the main event here. The nature. Boy I appreciate Rich your honesty, Jess. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. Don't, don't do it. Don't watch any of this pay-per-view, honestly, except for Ric Flair against uh, Vader. Uh, and then Ric Flair would defeat Vader to win the WCW championship. 21 minutes, 18 seconds. It's 26 years later, Dave. What I didn't say in the beginning was we are recording this on December the 27th, which is the 26th year anniversary of Starcade 1993, which is why I chose this. Now, I know this is going to be released sometime in January, but we are recording it on the anniversary. December used to be Starcade month for WCW fans out there. Um, so I kind of wanted to pay homage to it. So no spoilers 26 years later, folks. It's 26 years. You probably know what happens here. But uh, let's get into the match. I know I just gave the ending away, but um, it was awesome. The way they set it up, and Vader's talked about it in interviews, so is Flair, is Vader just dominated him for the first 15 minutes of the 29 yeah, minutes. Yeah, without a doubt. And they had little flare-ups where Flair would duck out of the way. Vader would hit the buckle. Flair would hit a few chops and a couple right hands. The crowd would go nuts because they're in Charlotte here, and the place is going bonkers. You know, they have like but a you also see crowd. Vader at that moment in the beginning where he's taking all those chops. It's not even affecting him. Yeah, Vader first. would no-sell in the beginning. He actually legitly busted Flair's mouth open, so Flair was bleeding from the mouth the whole match. And, you know, it was so, again, the whole buildup that I just played you, those sound effects, was real. The match, they did really stiff. And Vader said in interviews that I wanted to piss Flair off. Off because I want him to fire back on me. I wanted this real edge to it. And uh, in the middle of this match, man, this thing got heated. And I mean, the crowd was fucking nuts, really. Like, it was really, really a great match. Stand up, Jesse. That was a part in the mid-match where Flair drags him on the outside of the ring, throws Vader's leg up against the pole, and then hits Vader's leg with the chair, obviously setting up for the figure four. But Flair had to resort to those tactics because he's in there with a bear. And so it was just, you heard the crowd. I mean, the whole match worked perfectly. Vader dominating the first half, Flair barely getting any offense in, and then Flair having to just gut it out and heart and punch him. Flair bleeding from his mouth. Go back and watch this match. I'm telling you, like... I know we're going to ask each other the question when it's all over. Does it still sure. hold up? But I mean, this this is just nicely well, done. It's, it's there, probably one of so Flair's many, best wins, honestly. It's one of his there, best there, matches. Yeah, and there's so many aspects to it too, right? You know, um, how how Flair wins that title. He he does punish Vader in, in spots, and Vader kind of you know just gets through that. But then, like you said, he gets a chair on Vader. Um, then he he does other tactics to wear Vader out. Then Harley Race interferes, but no one sees it. But Harley Race accidentally hits Vader. And at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 almost like a fluke pin that Flair gets. Yeah, I remember it was really Vader. odd. I, yeah, it was very odd. Like, but it was again, it's like, but it was uh, that's how it should be. Because yeah, it was like a Flair real fight. It wasn't the like the ultimate underdog in the situation. But Flair managed to pull it off in spite of all the shit against him. And that's what made it so cool. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like it was it was crazy. Like it wasn't the ending came, like Dave said, totally kind of flukish. They almost looked like they flubbed it, but they didn't. It was just like, how would Flair beat this beast? Like, how would he do it? And like Dave said, you know, you know, Vader did his normal stuff. He went for the moonsault. He missed it. He missed Flair it, was yeah. out of the way. Race is like, shit, I got to interfere. And we didn't even talk about the history between Flair and race. Obviously, many, many wars over the NWA heavyweight championship. Flair actually beating him in Starcade in 83 for his yeah, second or third NWA championship. I can't remember. But that would be the last time that Flair won the title. 
or that race won the title, I should say. So they played that into race being in his corner and all that. So it was just, it all made sense. 1993, 10 years after Flair beats race, race is in the corner of Flair's opponent. Pretty crazy shit, honestly. And here's the ending sequence just so everybody can enjoy. Hit it. Buffer has to give him that he was from Charlotte, North Carolina. It's pretty crazy. Buffer's ridiculous at times. Um, and yeah, that was the ending. And like Dave said, it was like Vader missed the moonsault. Race goes in there. Flair went to cover Vader from missing the moonsault. Race dives off the top rope. Flair sees him, gets out of the way. Race diving headbutts on Vader by accident. And then Flair gets him in the ring. And Vader does his, if, for those of you who know Vader, he'll run at you and chest bump you with his arms and clip you and knock you down. So out yeah. of nowhere, you know, Flair chopped Vader a couple times, went running at him, and Vader did like the Vader, you know, clothesline on him. And everyone's, oh, shit. And you heard the crowd just lose all the like, air at that point. And then, and then Vader turns around and was selling the fact that he hit Flair with his sternum. So he's holding his sternum. Flair clips his leg from behind, rolls him over, and does get an awkward three count. But it made total sense. The place went nuts. Again, we're not going to do a watch along. Go back and watch it. It's awesome. And and Dave, I'm going to ask you the question right now just to get to it. Does this match still hold up for you? Oh, my God. I mean, you have, you have to take the whole concept into play, right? It, this, the, it just blows me away that this wasn't even their plan. Back in these days, WWF planned shit for a year, you know, in comparison, right? So – when you get into this situation where they have weeks, not months, definitely not years to plan this out and they plan out, you know, by almost by accident, the perfect story build, the perfect, hey, we're going to have this little, you know, press conference where you're, you're going to be monkey suited up. We'll see what happens. And they just create magic there. Then you've got Flair and Vader on their own separate cams as the match starts, pretty much like a, like a major heavyweight boxing match. Only we're getting you know, actual commentary from, from Flair, especially that, yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, my family's concerned. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is real. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that Justin and I watched this in his living room when we were kids. Yeah. Going, wow, this is this is intense. This is different. This is this is a big deal. Then they put on a match that, in my opinion, tears the goddamn house down. I mean, you know, and, and they made it so real. Vader was not beatable except for a whole set of factors. Vader loses the title and almost loses no face at all. It's just a whole bunch of bullshit that doesn't go his way. But Flair finds a way to win. But he still, it's not like Flair tried to do anything heelish. He just got out of the way. Race tried to do something heelish and hit his own guy. And, you know, Flair takes advantage of all these missteps and wins the title. And I find that absolutely insane, absolutely phenomenal. It is David versus Goliath, where Goliath hits him with the slingshot right in the right spot, right at the right time. Fuck yeah, it holds up, man. It holds up better than most things we can think about today. Even like you talk about Hogan versus Macho. I don't know. I mean, the storyline's great, but I don't know if that match is as good as this match. 
You know, I'm not saying that it's a bad match. Hogan versus Macho. That's not what I'm saying. But Vader versus Flair is the ultimate David versus Goliath where, where David comes out on top. And it's it's just I love it. I love it, man. And I, I've, I saw it firsthand, you know, and, and um, I'm privileged to say I saw it live back in 93. And we watched it recently. And I, I don't have any concerns about this match being drab or dull or especially if you consider all the buildup going up to it. It's perfectly told and it's an accident. I just find it, it's 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 WCW's like it was like their third option if you're lucky. And yeah, it's, which is it's, that it's, sometimes the most obvious flare. thing is right in your face. I had to say that's flair. Yep. Is it not? That's flair going. Yeah, I'll fucking make it work and I'll make it phenomenal. That's Ric Flair. Could Vader do that? Maybe. But v- Vader couldn't do it on that level without flair. Right. And that, that's why Flair is one of the greatest ever. And that's why Jess and I argue about the greatest between Hogan and Flair. Flair making that work when he's not even the fucking primary option. Just shit didn't work out. So they put every time, every time they fuck up or every time they need help, where do they go? They fucking go to Flair. And Flair puts magic together. It's in a matter of six weeks. It's intense. I, I and, agree with you. I think this match holds, holds up, up, Dave. Uh, you said everything I wanted to say. I will say, of course, this match holds up. It's great. <laughs> go back and watch it. And that's a, that's our short little episode, huh? No, fantastic. You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, Jess, could you possibly imagine anything better falling into the lap of WCW in the last 30 years than this match in this program? No, all they had to do was fucking stop and think and not try to copy the WWF for five seconds. And they they spit out gold by accident. It's weird. The, the, this is a telling story of, and WWE has done it too. When their back's against the wall and they're really facing it, what do we do? Yeah, we got to do something. So let's do this. And this is where this is the pure honesty of WCW creative, going fuck. We're getting our fucking asses handed us. What do we do? And they just come up with just this pure magic. Uh, and it helps when you have a Ric Flair in place. I'm not trying to dispute any right. of that, but. You know, you can just go back to Flair and go, hey, Flair, this is what we need from you. Flair's like, okay, I got it covered, you know, and that was the magic. You know, we had Hogan on one side, we had Flair on the other, and it's a huge controversy. And you can argue that, well, WD came out top, but so Hogan's the one that's right. But Hogan wasn't there when it came out on top, technically. So, you know, it's just it's just a matter of happenstance on who makes it work. And that's the Stone Cold equation. Maybe you can argue that, too, but. I tell you, man, I mean, these two guys are the epitome of wrestling, you know, that that's going to shape it for the next 30 years on top of the 30 years that have already come through. So, you know, that's that's why Flair is so great. That's why Flair was always able to make it work. And it's also why it's so hard to watch him when he comes on TV, because he's not what he used to be in the realm of the microphone, because, you know, Flair can do great things in the ring. But without that mic work, it's it's tough. So I, I wish they would just put them in the stands or something. I don't know, you know, but that's a, not to put it on a bad note, but you know, flair should be remembered for this kind of stuff. This is what flair should always be epitomized for. Um, flair just made things real. You know, if that makes any sense, the yeah. Hogan and the, and the warrior era, that was very bubble. <coughs> this, this was as real as it got until the NWO came into effect. Does that make sense? Yep. I agree. So, with that, man, as always, you can reach us via InstaCloud at, I'm sorry, InstaCloud. What the hell is yeah. that? Instagram at OWB2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or just do the easy thing, download WrestlePost, an app at no charge to you, and join us along with other great podcasts of the day. This is Dave, Jess, and No Cuz Today, along with the OWP, signing off. 
Have a good one. Hoagie's better than Flair. Oh, God.